0: Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope that this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy this message. Good morning. It is like I cannot tell you how good it is to be back home to be to be here at the Valley Church. I love the Valley Church. I love the Valley Church for so many reasons and one of the reasons that I love the Valley Church is because you are all about the community and I love love does. You know love is an action as an action verb and, and 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 that means that you do something about it. So um for, for PICWA, that is safe haven. We get to um, come alongside them and get to help them help others in our community. So if God is like putting that on your heart, um, there's the QR code. You can just scan that in and you can give in that way. So I just, I love it. So I'm so glad that you're here today. And if you are online watching us, um, You are not forgotten. I'm so aware that you are also there, and I'm glad that you jumped on to join us this morning. So I have a question. With Christmas just around the corner, like literally one week away, and I'm not even quite ready yet, but that's okay. With it one week away, how many of you like to watch a Christmas show or a Christmas movie? A lot of people. Okay, so I have one more question. Um, How many of you have ever seen the show... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay, so almost everybody's seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Did you know that that show came out? It was created in 1939. So even the oldest person here could have watched that show as a young child, okay, including me. So um, I actually it was on last night. Did you know that? It was on last night. So whenever I heard that this sermon series Misfits was going to happen and it was this time of year, my mind totally went to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? And the Island of Misfit Toys. So anyway, if you have ever seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, then these, these pictures might look familiar to you. How about this one? Do you know who that is? Charlie, um, it's not a Jack in the box, it's a Charlie in the box. How about this one? The train with square wheels, and this one. yeah, the po- the pink polka dotted elephant. And then th- this one. that's right. the water pistol that only knows how to shoot jelly. And then this this one. Who ever heard of a boat that couldn't float, right? So what do all of these toys have in common? They are misfits. They are flawed in some way. And so they get banished to this island of misfit toys, right? And so um, never to be used because they're flawed. And I just thought, you know what? This sermon series is so perfect because wouldn't the enemy love us to be banished away, never to be used, because we are a misfit, because of our past mistakes, because we look a little different, because we're flawed in some way? He would love for that to happen to all of us, but God, in his great love and his great mercy, sends down a Savior to scoop us up. You know, that, that Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and those toys on the island of misfits, there was a happy ending. You see, Santa came at the last moment on Christmas Eve and scooped them all up, put them in his bag, and he brought them to homes, and he gave them a purpose. And that's just what God does for us. He comes to us where we are, scoops us up, gives us a place and a purpose. And so there you go. You can go home now. No. Actually, I have a couple more things that I want to share. So two weeks ago, we heard, we heard the sermon series, and it was titled The Family Tree. Pastor Ryan came to us and, and told us that the line of Jesus, he came from a line of misfits, and that our past does not have to define us. And how many are like super excited that our past doesn't have to define us? Yes, I am so glad that my past did not have to define me. And then last week, uh, Pastor Mark came and he spoke on the Cousin John. You know, that zealous misfit who used his passion to point people to Jesus. And then today, the, series, or the, the sermon for today is called The Parents. So we had the family tree, the cousin John, and now the parents. Now, I am in no way, shape, or form wanting to tell you that the parents of the Savior of the world are misfits, okay? So I don't want to do that. But what I want to suggest to you is that sometimes things happen in our lives and circumstances happen to us that might make others view us as misfits. And sometimes our decisions in life may make us look like misfits, like we don't belong, and that I'm telling you is not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. So, although it's titled "Parents," um, we're really going to look more at the life of Joseph in this. Now, I have I have preached at Christmas time on Mary before, but this was really kind of fun to look at the life of Joseph in his perspective. So, if you want, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter one. And we're going to start with verse 18 through 25. And this is, this is Joseph's perspective. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So let's start at the beginning of this. And in, in the beginning, Mary and Joseph are engaged. You see, she was pledged to be married to Joseph. So here we have, it starts with this engagement, right? So I don't know if any of you are married and you remember being engaged or maybe you're engaged now. um, It's a very exciting time, do you remember that? I remember being engaged and it was a long time ago but I still remember it and um, I just remember like there's so much anticipation for what is to come and you get so excited. I remember all the planning that took place. We were engaged, Andy and I were engaged for about a year exactly almost and during that time, we were we were planning what what was to what for the wedding. We didn't only plan for the wedding; we planned for our marriage. We went to an engaged encounter weekend. We were there—all these things we were looking forward to and getting ready. And it was all so exciting. We were finding a caterer and a venue and a, and um flowers and all the things. I had to find a dress, and I had my dress made, and I would go for for fittings, and they would um you know all of these exciting things happening. I got to choose who was going to stand beside me as bridesmaids, and. And all of these fun, exciting things were happening. And, and you know, um, and it was fun for you too, right? Yeah. Um, good answer. Good answer. Well, I have, I have a picture just to verify his answer here. Um, okay, this was technically during the engagement period because we were not yet married. Look who's jumping the highest. Like, he looks a little excited, doesn't he? He was excited. He was going to get to marry me, you know? I mean, like, I'm so sorry. He had no idea. Um, But anyway, um, Andy has a twin brother, and they they do um, talk a lot alike. They look a lot alike. And if you put that picture back... They jump alike. Look at them. They both have their knees bent, and they're jumping the same out of all the people. But Andy is a little bit higher than his twin brother. You know why? Because Andy's excited. He's, he's engaged to be married. His brother's already married at this point. But uh, anyway, he was exciting. It was an exciting period in our, in our life and in that whole, that whole, that whole process and I have to believe that for Mary and Joseph, they were looking forward to that same thing. They were excited. They had plans. They were, they were in love. And they, 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 they were going to come together. And they had all these things of, of the way they thought it would be. And then we barely even get this sentence out. They were pledged to be married. And it says, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine what those emotions did? All these emotions, all these things, then you were getting so excited, and all these plans, and what you saw for the future, and now this news, this news that, that, that Mary was pregnant. Now, Mary and Joseph, they were, they were, they were Jewish, and in the Jewish culture... In those days, an engagement was the same, was kind of the same as a marriage. It was so binding that the only way to break off an engagement was by a divorce. That's why it says, and you were even referred to as husband and wife, even though you didn't live together. The marriage was not consummated until the end of the engagement period. But it says, her husband Joseph, they weren't married yet, but they were engaged. And this was such a binding legal thing that it was as if they were married. And it said that he had in mind to divorce her quietly because he would have had to divorce her at that point even though they weren't yet married and you see and a betrothed woman who became pregnant during during this time it was thought of as as adultery it was it was considered adultery so here he was looking so forward to what was to be probably thinking about what it might what it might be like and then this news probably took his breath away it probably knocked him off of his feet because at this point he didn't he didn't know yet. The angel hadn't come to him yet. Because this is what he thought he's gonna do. And I want us to take a look at a couple of things about Joseph that I think are just huge. And the first one is this in verse, let's see. Verse 19, we see that Joseph is a righteous man. It says he was a righteous man. That means he was in a right standing with God. He was in a right relationship with God. That means that he he said yes to following God. That's the first thing that I want us to see about Joseph. And because he was in this right relationship with God, it says he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. You know what they did with women who committed adultery in those days? Yeah, they stoned them to death is what they did. Now, in today's age, if somebody caught their fiance, they would probably drag them through the mud. They wouldn't try to 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 save the save save face, but he he was a righteous man, and he wanted to divorce her quietly. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace because he knew he knew what would happen to her if he did. so this is this is how he handled it. The second thing, um, well, first of all, then the dream happens. Then it is all made clear to him. It says he, was, he had gone to, he had, um, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he told Joseph, he said, don't you be afraid to take her as your wife. Because this thing that has happened to her, it is of the Holy Spirit. It is what the prophets said would happen. And he was telling him that this is who, this is who the baby is. This is going to be Jesus. He's going to save people from their sins. And this is the second thing that I want you to see about Joseph. In verse 24, it says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him. So we see, he's, first of all, he's a righteous man. He had said yes to following God. And then we see again, he says yes again. Because anytime we obey God, that is our yes to him. That is our yes to him. We see that he woke up and he did what the angel commanded. He was obedient. He said yes again. He said yes once and then he said yes again. I want you to understand today that our yeses open the door for God to do extraordinary things. And sometimes our yeses are not the easy road. Sometimes our yeses are going to be costly. You see, in that time, I am sure like the people of the town probably talked I am sure they had words to say about Mary. She was an unwed. She was not married. She was pregnant. And here, they probably had words about Joseph. He is going to marry her. It's not even his baby. I am sure there was talk going on, and I am sure that other people saw them as misfits because it, they didn't, they, it appeared that they didn't do things the proper way. And I wonder if sometimes they might have felt like a misfit because of the judging, Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? We can do the right thing, we can say yes to God, and then we can feel judged, right? Sometimes that happens. I wonder if ever they thought it wasn't supposed to be in this order. I wonder if they ever thought, I, I had a different idea in mind of how I thought this would go. Or I never thought I would be in this situation at this point in my life. I didn't know it was gonna come down like this. I wonder if they asked those kinds of questions. I don't know. But if they did, they continued to say yes in the midst of them. And, you know, maybe you're sitting here today, and and you might be asking yourself the same kinds of questions. You wonder, how in the world did I get here where I'm at right now? You might be thinking, you know, I didn't expect me, myself, I didn't expect to be in this kind of a job at this stage of, of the game or maybe you're in a marriage and you think, I never thought it would be this way. I never thought it would go down like this. Or maybe whatever the thing is that you're dealing with, whatever the thing, you have questions and you wonder why. I think that if you're in that place, we can look at Joseph and, and, and see how he handled it. And you know, Mary is not much different. If you are doing the reading of, of Luke this month, um, as some of you are doing, I'm doing it as well, you would get Mary's side on December 1st. You would, have got, you would have read about her. Because in chapter 1 of Luke, the angel comes to Mary the same way the angel came to Joseph and explained things to her. And her response was very similar to Joseph's. She said, may it be as you have said. She said, Yes. And what we see is Mary and Joseph saying yes to God. And it didn't matter what, what, what they looked like. It didn't matter the circumstances. They were saying yes to God. Instead of this, this disruption ruining their perceived future, they chose obedience and then God did the extraordinary. He made them to be the parents of the Savior of the world. I don't know if you just think about that. That's amazing because out of all the people of forever, he chose Mary. We know that she was highly favored. The Bible talks about that. She was chosen to give birth to the Savior of the world. But did you ever stop and think that God also chose Joseph? He chose Joseph. You know, somebody had to be the earthly father, and out of all the people, he chose Joseph. Why? I believe because he said yes to God, said yes to following God, and he continued to say yes to God, and then God used him in an amazing, in an amazing role, in an amazing way. He might have appeared to be a misfit, but God had big plans for him. We don't hear a lot about Joseph, but, but we can take his example of saying yes, and then we can watch God do amazing things. You know, when I, when I stop and think and I look all throughout the Bible at the people that God used in extraordinary ways, there, there, there are some common factors, and it's this. They say yes to following God, and they continue to say yes to God. We can go all the way back to Genesis and see it. Because back in Genesis, there was a man named Noah and God, you know, God created the world, and it was good, and and, and and he was happy with it, and then the people began to sin, and they began to sin so much that he was sorry that he ever created the world. Can you imagine God being sorry that he created the world? <coughs> Excuse me, um, but he was sorry, but he looked around, and he saw Noah, and this is what gets me, just like it says that 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 Joseph was a righteous man? In Genesis chapter 6, it says Noah was a righteous man. Noah was in a right relationship with God. He said yes to following God. And because he did, he had a, he had a purpose and a plan for Noah. While the rest of the world were out building fishing boats, he said, I want you to build this ark. And it, you know, these little fishing boats were just these little things. But he said, I want you to build a big one. One and a half football fields long, four stories high, and you know what his answer was? Yes, he would do it. You know, he said yes to God again. He said he was a righteous man. He said yes to following God, and then he continued to say yes to God. And because he did, God used him to save his creation. Because, you see, after he built that boat, after he built that ark, it began to rain, and it rained And it rained, and it rained for 40 days, and everything was flooded, and and everything was, every living thing was wiped out except for Noah and his family and all the animals that God had commanded him to put on the ark. You know, we're kind of here today because Noah was obedient to God. You see, whenever we say yes to following God, and we continue to say yes to God, he, he will do, you will be amazed at what he will do in your life. He wants to do extraordinary things in your life. And you may think it's just for people of the past or, 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 you know, God's not gonna work in extraordinary ways, but I'm telling you that God uses our yeses to do extraordinary things. There was a man who was born in 1939, okay? That's the same year that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was created. He was born in 1939, and by the world's standards, he would have probably been considered a misfit because this man, he was born into a family that was poor. He was born into a family um, that the, his father was an alcoholic. He was also crippled. He could not walk. So when he was a young, very young boy and would be out playing with the kids, they would be playing games that he could never be a part of because he was sitting in the dirt, crawling around on his bottom because he, his legs would not work and he could not walk. So he got called names. He got called um, peg leg. He got called all of, all of these things. Children were, were, were rough on him. And so he was probably the misfit. But this misfit of a little boy grew up to love Jesus. And he said yes to God. He said yes to following God. And then he continued to say yes to God over and over again. He said yes to God. He was, he was, he was one who... Had an affinity. He, he 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 was for the underdog because he understood what it would be what it was like to be the underdog. You see, he reached more people to Jesus that other people would probably not want to give the time of day to because he understood them. He led many people to Christ. And when he was in his early um, 20s, uh, he had many operations as well, and he, his legs were fixed, his leg was fixed, and he could then walk. As, as a younger boy, he, he then could walk. But um, he grew up to get married, and he would live to be married for over 50 years, and his wife would say, I don't know how I got so lucky to get to be married to him. When he was a younger man in his 20s, he was in a church service, and he was, he was always saying yes to God. He continued to say yes to God. He was in a church service, and the pastor made a call out to all the men, and he said, do any of you have sons you would like to dedicate to the Lord's service? And in his mind, he prayed to God, and he said, I, I don't have a, a son. He was in his mid-20s. He said, I only have a daughter, but you can have her. She's yours. And because of his yes, I'm standing up here today because that, that man, that misfit was my dad who said yes to following God and who continued to say yes to God. And he touched a lot of lives. A lot of lives were changed. And, and sometimes you think, but I don't see it. I don't, I, I, I don't it doesn't make a difference. My dad's been gone for since 2015, but when the Bible says that you were meant to bear fruit and fruit that would last, this is the scripture that God gave me as I was thinking on this, is that the fruit that he was bearing is fruit that outlasts his life. Because he invested in people and the things that he did mattered because they were God-centered. He was saying yes to God. And because he said yes to God, I now follow God. My family, my children now follow God. You see, our yeses matter. They make a bigger difference than you have any realization of. And if you wonder, if, if, if you, you think, well, you know what? I can see that person doing big things for God or that person down my row. I, I know that they are gifted and they can say yes. I, if you are hearing this today, then this is for you. God wants you to do big things for him. And he will do it through your yes. First, we have to say yes to following God. And then we continue to say yes. And we unleash everything that he already had in store for you to do. And it's big things. It may not appear to be big things in the moment. But we will never know what he wants to do until we start saying yes to him. You know, um, I, I love... I love that we have examples in the Bible of what not to do, but we have so many examples of the Bi- in the Bible of what to do. And Joseph, in, during this season, where we think about the birth of Jesus and we think about his parents, they, they might have appeared to be misfits in some ways, but God used their yeses in amazing ways, and they got to experience things that were just only two people in this world got to experience, to be the parents of Jesus, the Savior. Now, I just wanted to close and just let you know that um, God uses ordinary misfits who say yes to him to do extraordinary things. Um, And our yeses are our obedience to him. Our yeses are our obedience to him. I was reading, I'm doing the reading plan with some of you. I'm reading through Luke. And I'll tell you on Monday, which was the 11th, so I was on chapter 11, I saw something that I... Thought was, I love when God shows me something new so I can underline something new in my Bible. And this is what I underlined this week. It was um, Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. It says this, And Jesus was saying these things, as Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. But he replied, this is Jesus replying, this is red letters here. He says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. When we obey it, that's our yes. You see, when we say yes to God, we are the ones who are blessed. And and then that's how he uses us. So um, I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you have ever said yes to God, I don't know if you've said yes to God, but then you've not really continued to say yes to God. We can say yes to him by obeying what he tells us to do, but then he also has other things for us to do. And so as we um, close in prayer, I just want to give you that opportunity to say yes. And um, you can do that sitting in your seats. And I know we have altars here now. And if you want to come up and say yes to him and kneel, sometimes, you know, our posture really matters what's on the inside but there are some times when our physical posture, we want to actually kneel. And, and I kind of, I love that we kind of have altars here now where you can come and you can get before God and you can kneel before him and, say, and tell him, I am saying yes to you. And I'm going to continue to say yes to you. So would you bow your heads with me as we close? Father, I just, I thank you so much that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to to save us, to die for us, all of us misfits. And then you not only did that, you want to use us. And so God, I'm just, my heart is thankful that you would love us that much. And so this morning, if you are here today and you have never said yes to following God and you are just sensing in your heart and in your spirit, maybe your heart is racing a little bit because you've never said yes to him. If that is you this morning and you want to say yes to him, would you raise your hand? Would you just raise your hand if you want to say yes to him this morning, yes to following him for the first time. Would you do that? He sees you. He sees you. Would you just pray that prayer? Father, I, am, I see my need for you, and I want to confess my sins to you, and I want to, I want to say yes to you. I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart, and I want to follow you. And I thank you, God, that your word says that when we say yes to you, that you promise that you'll come in. And when we ask for forgiveness, you promise that you'll forgive us. And, Father, maybe there are some who who need to say yes to continue to say yes. And, Lord, I pray that you will help us all continue to say yes so that we can see all the good that you have for us and all the good that you want to do in us and through us for your glory. God, we just praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app today to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you or changed your life, share it with a friend. Because changed lives, change lives.